The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next on Life Today, Bible teacher and author Beth Moore encourages us to develop our strategy to freedom. We have house plans. We have all sorts of vacation plans. We have business plans. We have all sorts of plans. But I ask you today, do you have a plan of attack against demonic principalities that come against the believer? James Robinson, by the way, and my wife, Betty, welcome you to Life Today. Our audience, they're always, uh, they, they love God. And uh, sometimes they come just to hear special guests, but uh, many of them just faithfully pray for us, which means they're praying for you. And we really do thank you for joining us today. Beth Moore's teaching, she's beginning a new series. Let me tell you, let me tell you the title of it, The Practical. The Practical, that sounds like every day to me. <laughs> the Practical Walk of Freedom. I don't know that she said the simple walk, but the practical. And uh, you know what she calls it? And she's going to get right into this. A stronghold is any trade-off for God. Anything you substitute for God, that's a stronghold. It's got a grip on you. Don't you love Beth Moore? Would you welcome Beth Moore? I am so glad she's with us. Thank you. We have already, a number of us, been together through the series, the first half of the series on freedom, the, um, the magnificent miracle of freedom. Now we're getting into the practicality. But I want to remind you of a couple of definitions if you were with us, and I want to tell them to you if you weren't. Here's what we talked about. Slavery, here's how we're defining slavery. Being mastered by anything or anyone besides the one who sets us free. It's Christ who sets us free. And so what we're learning is that, that freedom means that we don't have any area of sin ruling over us. It doesn't mean I don't sin. Uh, being free in Christ doesn't mean that I've been made perfect. What it means is that for any one of us walking in freedom, we do not have an area of sin that is reigning and ruling over us. It's wearing a crown over our lives. So freedom is no sin or deceit having dominion over me. Now I want to describe and define a stronghold. And I want to get it in the most basic possible terms when it says, for, and I'm in verse 4 of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power. Everybody say divine power. Divine. I mean, that's divine power to destroy strongholds, destroy them. Some of your um, translations say demolish, and I love that word, demolish strongholds. A stronghold in its most basic form is any trade-off for God. Any trade-off for God. That's a stronghold. Anything that has come up to rule or to reign, anything that has risen up in our lives bigger than God and bigger than the knowledge of God, anything that's gotten into our imaginations where it's gotten so big, let me just think in terms of unforgiveness. When we fixate, anybody ever had just a stronghold of unforgiveness where it just goes through your mind 
over and over and over again. An event in our past, it could have been 25 years ago, but it becomes a stronghold when it is so risen up in our minds, gotten such a preoccupation from us um, in our thinking that we are just subject to it over and over and over again. And it becomes that trade offer, that which is ruling over us, it becomes a God to us. I want you to see where it talks about the weapons of our warfare. Notice in verse three when it says, we are not waging war according to the flesh. That word war or warfare in some of your translations, that's the most interesting word. I want to spell it to you in the Greek, in the original language. This is going to be if any of you are like, uh, Greek nerds, uh, you'll like this. This will be the um, lexical form of the word. But I want you to write it down, even though you may be thinking, that what does that have to do with the English? Well, a lot, and I want you to see it. So the word warfare, um, or war right here in the ESV, it's spelled this way in the Greek lexical form. Are you ready? S-T-R-A-T-E-I-A. I want to spell it again, S-T-R-A-T-E-I-A, stratea, stratea. What word do you see? Strategy, strategy. It is a plan of attack. It's a military campaign. Now, here's what I want to say to you as we start this practical application of our freedom. We have house plans. We have all sorts of vacation plans. We have business plans. We have all sorts of plans. We plan where we're going to eat. We plan where we're going to where we're going to uh, go and uh, do business. We make all of these plans. But I ask you today: Do you have a plan of attack against demonic principalities that come against the believer? See, because we've got a plan for everything else. But what the Word of God is telling us here is that what we need is a plan, that there is a strategy for us being victorious in our warfare. And I promise you, because it's talking about the warfare we're into uh, with, with um, the enemy and with things that just rise up in our imagination and take over our thinking. And I want to promise you that the enemy has a plan. He has a plan. Mm -hmm. We know that. Mm -hmm. In fact, the word in Ephesians chapter 6, when it's talking about putting on the whole armor of God because of the schemes of the evil one, that word schemes in the Greek is methodeia, which means a method, method. He has got a method to his madness. We have got to have a plan of attack, a, a strategy for attack. And so here's what I want to tell you. I want you, you're very close to it. Leave something here in 2 Corinthians because we'll be there continually. But go to 1 Corinthians just a moment to chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Flip there for just a moment. We're thinking strategies. Strategies for our warfare. They can't be a flesh and blood. They've got to be things that are thought in the spiritual realm, things of the spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I want to read verses 25 and 26 to you. They say this, this is the Apostle Paul writing, and he says, Every athlete 
exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. It says in verse 26, this is key. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. I'm reading 27. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Look at that again. I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. The first part of our strategy a strategy has to be this. We have to aim. We have to aim. If you and I want to be victorious over strongholds that have come up against us, what we have to understand is this. You may struggle with one thing and I struggle with another. We talk to another person sitting at our table. She deals with something altogether different and her husband, something entirely different from her. That, that's the way of warfare because our bait, what the enemy is doing with us is seeing if he can set our bait in such a way that we would be vulnerable. So he's looking for what we're going to bite. So that's why my, my temptations are going to be different than yours. The kind of things that I'm going to go for and be most tempted toward are going to be different than yours. So we have to come up with a strategy, some kind of plan. We've got to aim. Now, here's what I want to tell you. I, I want to encourage you that no matter what you are going through, what comes upon you to try to defeat you, whatever it is, you can find scriptures that speak to it. And I mean, start going on a hunt. The hunt itself will bless you and it'll bless me because we're in the scriptures. But let me tell you, the word of God is full of scriptures that speak to very specific things. If they don't get really specific, they can be um, enough in that category to where it still becomes very empowering to you. I, I hear, let me throw out a couple of examples. You want to be able if um, go to the Word of God, if you've got, if, if where your area of attack or defeat is in sexual temptation, if it's in paralyzing fear, if it's in intimidation or weakness, say it's in financial collapse of some kind, business dealings, maybe your marriage is just like going belly up. You need so much help in your child raising. Maybe you're a teacher or you're a leader. I am telling you, whatever it is, there, there are scriptures that speak to those exact kinds of temptations, those exact kind of challenges, you can find them. One of the best places to look in the Old Testament is to just start going through Psalms and Proverbs. Start looking, start looking for the way that the psalmist is going to pray and call out to God. Start looking for the way Proverbs talks about how to go through times of temptation and times of seduction. And here's what we're going to do. Whenever we pull together the scripture and prayer. It is like we have pulled together two sticks of dynamite and we have tied them together and we have lit them by the Holy Spirit. Is anybody stepping in that with me? Nothing is more powerful. Nothing is more powerful than praying the scriptures. Now, if you ask me today, because what I'm doing now, listen, go to other teachers, go to other people that have gone uh, through these kinds of things and really been in the pages of scripture about what has worked with them to bring them victory. I can only tell you my story. They can tell you theirs. Go find out, interview people and ask them. But I'm going to tell you my story because for me, if somebody asked me today, do you always pray scripture? No, I don't always pray anyway. 
I, I pray all sorts of different ways. I talk conversationally. Other times, I uh, yesterday morning when I got up, for one of my habits is that I get up and pretty well, I turn on the coffee pot and pretty well right then, I'm going to just go face down on the floor. That's just my thing with him. It just starts right there. And for whatever reason, I went into the Lord's Prayer. I've not said the Lord's Prayer in months, but I did yesterday morning. And then I just went into my regular prayers. I, I don't pray a certain way anytime. I just pray. I just pray. Sometimes I journal. Sometimes I'm up on my feet. It's just whatever. I have a relationship that's a living, breathing thing just like you do. But if I am fighting something that is just hellacious, if I know the enemy is in the thing, if he is getting victory, this is going to be my way of doing it every time. When I know I am getting defeated, when I know he is getting the upper hand, or let me tell you another reason I might do it. If it's getting long, if it's getting long, if it's been years now that you've been praying for that person, years now that you've been praying over that matter, then what happens is this. When we pull the scriptures into it, we are rolling the burden over on the scriptures. We're not just having to come up with our own words. We now have the verbiage that has already been pre-approved. I need somebody to get excited with me. Pre-approved in the scriptures. I want to, do we need an example? Let's get one. Turn with me to Psalm 18. Let's just throw this one out real quickly. Okay, I'm not even going to go to 18 yet. You go to 18 because I'm heading your direction. But I'm just, I'm seeing something on the page as I get there. And so I want to give you a perfect example. Okay, here recently, Keith was out of town. Our alarm was not working and none of my dogs were home. And you know, I just live out in the country. And so... I usually have all of those things, and we don't ever have a time when the alarm doesn't work and all of that. And so I just, you know, I was just in that situation. And so I opened my Bible to this, to Psalm 4, and it says at the very end of Psalm 4 in verse 8, in peace I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Anybody get what I'm saying to them? Because that's what I needed that night. I wanted to, I just wanted to lay down and go to sleep in peace, and I did. I did. But I wanted to have that assurance in my heart. You know, I just laid it out open on my bed because I just thought, you know, just in case the enemy needs to see. <laughs> I've ever told this at Life Today before, but one of the things I'll do at a conference is that I leave my Bible open when I get real sleepy, like if I've taught all Friday evening and I have to teach on Saturday morning and I'm not going to get a lot of sleep. It's just going to be about six hours. But I'll leave my notes open and my Bible open in case the Lord needs to work on it while I'm asleep because I'm, like, I'm exhausted here. You don't, need a you don't even need a wink of sleep. I'm so tired. And I'm going to get up in the morning and if you've, if you've got anything to tell me on it, just do. You know what I'm saying? But so I just laid this out and, and I slept. I slept. I'm not, of course, it's not a genie in a bottle, but I'm just telling you, it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. Okay, let me just go Psalm 18. I just want you to look at some of this because listen, this is, this is, this is what I'm talking about here. Look, if this doesn't do it for you, I, I'm going to go to the very first verse. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. You know what I'd start saying right there? Because by the time I'm getting hit with warfare, I'm starting to talk out loud because the enemy can, I don't believe 
that the Bible supports any thought whatsoever that the enemy can read our minds. We are sealed unto the day of our redemption, sealed. So when we are born again, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us. We are sealed. The Holy Spirit is not leaving and nothing else is getting in. But he knows us so well and he's been around man so long, he knows how to tailor make our temptations. But I, I want, if, if I'm having a difficult time with him, I want to make sure he hears me. Anybody? So I, that's when I'm probably not going to just journal. That's when I'm probably going to get up on my feet. And I'm going to get up early in the morning when nobody else is up. And I, I'm going to start strutting across the floor and going, my God yes. is my deliverer. And you need to know my God is my deliverer. I love this. Listen how this, how, um, this goes. It says in verse 4, the cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of shale entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. And in my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. And from his temple, he heard my voice and my cry reached to his ears. I want you to hear as it says that God ca came in such mercy. Look in verse 16. He sent from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, who were too mighty for me. The Lord, they confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. I love the verse that it says in verse 19, he brought me out to a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. He delighted in me. Try that on. Try that on. If, 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 if our prayer lives are going to be tantamount to, Lord, help us and bless us. You know, that's good. I, I believe that when we are just out of words, there's nothing more powerful than God, help me. But what Paul is talking about is taking aim he said, I'm not just, I'm not beating the air. I am looking at exactly what the problem is. This, I have got hatred in my heart to someone. I have got unforgiveness in my heart to someone. I need to attack that thing. This is the target. That is where I am going to fight my battle. Right there. Aim. Take aim. Wow. Father, would you help everybody to attack anything that hinders our walk, our ability to hear, and would you give us the grace that we've received in such an overwhelming force that we extend it to others. And don't let any unforgiveness or root of bitterness rise up in any way in Jesus' name. I want to thank you for, you know, tuning in not only to life today every day, but Wednesdays in the Word to just just get into the Word, and and we use on Wednesdays, uh, you know, unless I share or some of our family share, uh, we have incredibly gifted women teachers, and uh, I'm telling you, they are they are a tremendous blessing. That doesn't mean that we would never bring say someone else in uh, as a a voice of wisdom that happens to be a man. Believe it or not, there are a few, you know, right? We we find some. <laughs> But just the very fact that you are watching and wanting to get into the Word and get the Word in you, it's a real encouragement to us because we know the importance of it. Now, we're about to do together what you tell us gives you as great a joy as anything you do. Not only as it relates to, say, life today and what outreaches of life do, but you understand the significance of it. 
because it's really easy to see. It's real easy to identify with. So I want you just to go with me and Betty, and I want you to look in on a situation that we really not only have the answer for, we are the answer. Watch closely. With your help, Life Outreach has drilled over 5,000 water wells in villages around the world for children in need. But the sad reality is that many still lack access to clean and safe drinking water. Out of desperation, some people have dug their own wells to try and quench their thirst. Here's a, uh, here's a well right here for a family. It's a hand-dug well. And uh, they've got a, a container like this that they lower down into the well. And again, you look at this water, and it looks pretty clean. But it's, it's actually got sewage in it. The problem with these hand-dug wells is that they're exposed to outside contaminants which threaten their very lives. The proven solution is to drill a well that's sealed off from this contamination, but it can't be implemented without your help. I would not want to give this dirty water to our, our beloved little pet princess, you know, but they drink it because it's all that they have, and you know, as a mother, I want fix it right now. Absolutely. But I can't, we can't do it by ourselves. We need your help to join with others. And let's give these people some fresh water to just give them a chance for the children to watch their children grow up. Clean water is more than a luxury. Clean water is life. You know, it, it's, uh, you just can't imagine the, 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 what I consider the joy, Betty, of being able to show people a situation that love is the remedy for. See, we can say, well, let's just pray. No, no, uh, they've been praying. Let's be the answer to prayer. See, they want clean water. You talked about not wanting to give that water mm -hmm. to our pet little princess, our little dachshund. So what do you want our viewers to do? Well, you know, this is something that's a big problem to them, but it's an easy problem to solve for us if we join together and we drill these water wells and, and the difference they can make for a lifetime for these people. And they can go to a place, a mother doesn't have to worry about giving her babies the diseased water because you see, they have to have water. They will drink the diseased water if that's the only source they have. We wanna give them a choice and I can guarantee you, we drill the water wells and that's the choice they're gonna make. They're gonna to go to those wells for water because they know it brings life to their children. So please join with us. Every time we, we issue a need to you, you bless us by reaching out and joining with us and we make the difference together we can. Well, I tell you what, when you think about just a cup of water, and we're actually, he says, Jesus, you give a cup of water, you won't lose your reward. And I always try to remind all of you, the reward is not something we get in return. The reward is just knowing we've done the will of God and the will of God so blesses people. That's our reward. We just rejoice in being a blessing. And uh, that in itself is blessing enough. But we, we're going to send these little coffee mugs to those of you who just make a gift because we just want to say, uh, here are the promises of God. And, and we want to remind you of those. But here's what's going to happen. When we drill those wells, they're going to receive the message of God's love in Christ because they've already seen love in action. They've seen the demonstration of it. We're going to talk about the water of life because we've provided water for life. And it's real easy to believe the story 
and the message of love in action. So here's what we want to ask you to do. This is very serious. We want to ask you to participate at some level to drill, and it's still this cost, which is quite miraculous. Sometimes the drop in petroleum makes the cost of doing things a little less. The average cost of a well is still $4,800. Some of you will drill a well, individually or as a couple, sometimes a small business, sometimes a church or a Bible study group. Many of you cannot do that. You might be able to do 1,200 or 2,400 and pray one other person joins you or three join you, we got a well. Or, think about this now, this is the way most of the support comes. We've broken it down. A gift of $48 will give 10 people water the rest of their life. $144, there's a level you can participate, 30 people water the rest of their life. So at what level can you help? And then there's one other thing, and this is a biggie. The missionaries have told us we've got to have one more drilling rig. $380,000. I want to talk about this as a side note. Wouldn't it be wonderful if 380 people today gave $1,000? Or what about several people giving $10,000? There may be someone watching who can do far more than that. Now, wait a minute. If you can, know that if it's on your heart, then it fits into the purpose of God. So do it. And I believe you will. But most of the support is going to come one well at a time, one $48 gift with another and another, and we've got a well. We have some gifts to bless you with. We're going to send them to you to bless you, but you just know you're giving the greatest gift of all. You're sharing life. Thank you for doing it. Lifetoday.org, go online, take your bank card, or dial the number. Take your bank card, use it like a check, the way you should always use it. All right? Thank you for doing that. God bless you. Every day, children are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most proven demonstrations of God's love today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, you can help drill 500 water wells in remote villages in over 15 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. And $144 will help provide fresh water for 30 people for a lifetime. Additionally, just over $378,000 is needed to replace an old and failing drilling rig in Africa. Please consider an additional gift of $100 or more to get a desperately needed new rig in place as soon as possible. With your gift, we'll send you The Stream, a powerful new book by James Robison that charts a clear path for your personal revival and a spiritual revolution. With your gift of $100 or more, please request The Promises of God coffee mugs. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request our Majesty Bronze Sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online. We sure do thank you for your help. Betty, how do you like the new Promises like of God mugs? I like mugs. the size of that mug. Nice. <laughs> and we like the other ones. I mean, yeah. we, we didn't really have a problem with them. And uh, everybody seemed to enjoy them. People would, would say, where do you get those? But, you know, some of you said, we'd like to have this other kind too. <laughs> you ask, you receive. You have not because you ask not. <laughs> so thank you for giving to help us give water. Get the book. We're sending it to you to say thank you but get everybody you know to get a copy. 
and get everybody in your church to read it. And then let's start learning, understanding the times, and let's get active. Thank all of you for coming. Thank you for watching us today. I'm Sheila Walsh. Will you join me every Wednesday on Life Today? And together, you and I will dive deep into the Word of God. I'll see you there. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.